This is the podcast TV show that gives you the facts, food, and fitness. Join me as I travel around in my RV interviewing people from all around the world via online and in person, discovering the eight dimensions of wellness so that we can find a way to live in complete balance. Check that out, guys, the final product. If you're hungry and you got smell vision, you get it. There you go, I wish, right? Two, three. Time to get going. Welcome to Wellness on the Go. I'm your host, Jason Cronin, and enjoy the show. Our guest today is an international speaker, executive coach, trainer, and facilitator. She's an author of the book called Unstoppable. I'd like to give a warm welcome to Sherry Knight. Thank you so much for being here, Sherry, and how is your day going? It's terrific. We've got sunshine here. You can see it coming through the windows. That's perfect. We got sunshine, but a little cold. <laughs> Kind of Same one of those here. days I had to wear a sweater. <laughs> oh, well, you can see me. Yes. Uh, high today is plus three Celsius. Ooh, quite close <laughs> to what we're at right now. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. So in your bio, I saw that you're an international speaker. What kind of speaking do you do? And when did you start speaking? Well, I started speaking as a teacher, actually. So many years ago, I got asked to go and facilitate and help other teachers. So that's when I got started. And then I belonged to the, uh, in Canada, the CAPS group. But prior to that, I belonged to the American National Association of Professional Speakers, NSA. And so with that, it's just carried on over the years in terms of getting started. Probably where I really started was when I was uh, a kid in the, the beginnings of high school, and I was on stage with an adjudicator singing. Had taken voice lessons for six months, and the adjudicators or the uh, instructor said, we're, we're going to bring in an adjudicator. And so I stood on stage, and I had no idea what the first word was that I was supposed to say. And then the, uh, the instructor, she said, that's okay. She said, just, just take a deep breath, start again. And I still had no idea what the first word was. <laughs> so the third time she said, this time the adjudicator said, just go over and have a look at the words. And then I was off to the races. But I think that's probably where it started because I was on stage. I was mortified. Here's my family. Here's my friends. I'm being adjudicated. And I failed miserably. And that, I think, was the impetus that said, let's go and conquer this. Let's learn how to do it. And so, yes, I sing in church and uh, maybe in the bathtub, but that's about it now. <laughs> the difference is I went on and I speak to audiences all over the world. Love every moment of it. I have not yet spoken in Antarctica. I am hoping that one day that might happen. Wow, that's going to be a cold speech. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> That's great, though. I didn't realize how far you travel. That's that's really amazing. And what subjects do you kind of speak on? Like, what's your touch points? Like, what is your keynotes on and topics of interest? Well, it, it varies. But of course, number one for me in my mind is the unstoppable based on my book. And that's that whole element about whatever it is we are as human beings, we are the ones that stop us from being unstoppable. You know? something comes up and I'm the same as everybody else, you know, good things happen to good people, bad things happen to good people. And so, you know, they, they come and they just go, Oh, I can't handle this anymore. And then you go, yeah, well, maybe I can. And so it's that element about one foot in front of the other. So 
really talking about how we can help individuals motivate themselves. Because here's if we're listening here and we have some business people, sometimes we have business people who say, yeah, I'm doing everything I can to motivate my staff. I'm sorry, you can't. It's impossible. All you can do is create the environment so that your staff want to motivate themselves because that's who we are as human beings. We are the ones that make the decisions in our mind about do we or don't we? And so that aspect about being responsible for us doing the kinds of things that make a difference in our own lives and then go on from there. So that's one of the key things, that aspect. The other aspect is leadership, working with the various generations these days because it's a very different world out there. Our young people are very different in many, many ways, not all, but in many, many ways from, let's say, the, the boomers who are moving out of the work world, the traditionalists, we still have, believe it or not, we still have the odd traditionalist out there who, of course, was, was born, let's say, late 30s, that sort of thing, and they're still in the workforce. So very different thinking on some of their parts from, let's say, some of our millennials who are just into the workforce. So I, I love to talk about that leadership aspect, that element about how do we do whatever. And then I like to talk to some of those people who are moving out, right? I call it the wisdom because here's the challenge. So many businesses are looking at the dollars and cents, right? They look at the finance and they go, hmm, I think if we let Joe Blow go, then that's going to allow us to hire two people because their salary's up there. They've been there for 10, 20, 30 years. And that's the wrong thing to be looking at. What you want to look at is how can I use the knowledge and the wisdom to transfer from Joe Blow to the people who are actually working with them? And, and I have something here that I'll share with, with your listeners, if I may. Yeah. Uh, one day there was a a machine that was not working, one of these great big old machines, and everybody tried. They did their best. They just couldn't do it. And finally, they call, called up old Joe, and they said, old Joe, you know, I, I know you're retired, and I know you don't work for us anymore, but, you know, we'll, we'll pay you to come in and get this machine going because we know you can do it. And so old Joe comes in and listens and does this and does that, walks over and taps and walks out. And they said, well, you know, send us your bill. So he did. And they said, what? You want that amount of money for just coming in and tapping? And he <laughs> said, yes. He said, the $10,000 that I've requested is because I knew where to tap. And, wow. and that's what it is. We've got that wisdom out there. And so let's understand how we can share that wisdom before we allow people to take that retirement package. So you know, that's all that element about being unstoppable in one way or another, whether you're a leader, whether you're retired, whether you're an employee, whether you're just looking after yourself, all of it comes down to let's do the best that we can be. I always say, you know, make the rest of your life the best of your life, wherever you're starting. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. About the $10,000 analogy. That'd be good. <laughs> that's great. I got to start working on that. <laughs> Today, right? Absolutely. And also in your bio, your executive coach, give us an idea of what executive coach is. Uh, good one. Good question. When you're an executive coach, you're basically called in by what we call the C-suite. So, so that's the executive level of any organization. 
So if you're an entrepreneur, that means you're the boss, you might have staff, you might not. But if you are in big business, i.e. companies like that I've worked with, like FedEx or uh, HBC or Mosaic, you know, various kinds of organizations, they're huge, some of them. And so when we look at this from the perspective of where are we going, what are we doing, etc., we're wanting to assist those individuals who make the decisions that eventually trickle down within an organization and help those individuals make the kinds of decisions that are needed so that that can then be efficiently done within an organization. And, and that's sometimes a challenge because sometimes we get relegated up, right? Without the skills that we need at that level. So that's the challenge. If you think back to when you came out of high school or university, you came out with a certain level of skill and you went into your first job and perhaps somebody saw you and said, oh, I think you'd be okay doing this. We're going to move you up. And that's wonderful. But then they don't always give you the skills that you need at that new level. And there's an assumption that you'll probably go out and get those skills on your own. We don't always recognize that we don't have the skills, so we don't know that we should go and get it on our own. So hopefully businesses are getting a little smarter and being able to look at people and go, yeah, we'll move you here and here's the skill and here's the help that we're going to give you. So an executive coach is there to help the individual within that level to help all the individuals underneath that level so that the organization can grow and develop and continue to be successful. Almost like a project manager, I'm assuming, in a similar way, outside of the company. Kind of guide correct. them through the process of what they need to handle. And what kind of companies do you work with? Is there any ones that you like to uh, mention? Or what kind of size companies from one to a thousand? Or how, how big do you work with? <laughs> well, and, and that's interesting you asked that question, Jason, because previously my whole background was working with big corporations, companies that had 1,500 or more employees. And so I would go in and I would do the executive coaching, I would do the training and development, sometimes the organizational development, do the recruitment, do the outplacement, those kinds of things. And then a few years ago, my husband got sick. And I realized that I didn't have the energy to have that full time in the various big organizations and still help him as much as I could. And that's when I started to think, okay, how do I transition? And that's something so many of us with COVID are doing, right? We're transitioning to how we work, where we work, what, what the things are that we do. And so after that, I have been working a lot with medium to small size organizations and sometimes with entrepreneurs who want to get started, haven't even thought about where and how and all those things just went, I've got an idea and I want to take this and I want to build on it. So varied answer to your question but yeah big business was where I came from FedEx uh, working with uh, Chrysler I, I was the rollout in Western Canada for the largest training endeavor in uh, in the world at that particular time so that was kind of fun and that was Chrysler and we did a customer service rollout yeah. wow. so that's, all that's quite the rap sheet there of all the different businesses and the size of the businesses that's great and mm -hmm. uh, for people listening out there that are struggling in business and you have a company, uh, definitely reach out because I know that you can help them. And the name Unstoppable, I want to know, how'd you get that? I know it's very great. Uh, Today. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering how you got that name for your business. I was, that's, that's a great name, I think. 
Well, and, and that's the name of my book. And it's interesting because today on the word unstoppable is being thrown around like cookies, right? It's all over the place. But it's actually a book I wrote in 2009. And so it's been around for quite some time. And when I spell it out, it's lowercase U-N-S-T-O-P-P and then uppercase A-B-L-E. Ah, okay, because we have the right, we have the power to make it happen, to be able to do it. And so often we forget, you know, something comes up and slams us in the face and we go, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Yeah, well, you can't do it anymore for the next 10 minutes or the next three days or the next seven years. It's your decision as to how you're going to have, um, how you're going to deal with it and, and work with it. I, I remember when my father passed away, it was seven years before my mother could be able again. She was stopped. There was nothing she could do to move herself forward. That's how long it took. Fortunately, most people don't have a death in the family, so that's pretty severe. But there are things that stop us, you know, getting fired from a job. I've been fired. I thought I wouldn't survive. Guess what? I woke up the next morning, you know, it's these things come. And let me tell you this. We never grow until we have the problems. That's what makes us grow. So, so when true. we make life real easy for our kids, for our employees, for that sort of thing, we're not helping. We need to give them the challenges so they begin to look at themselves and go, I can handle this. Not a problem. Absolutely. Here, most people actually succeed after being fired or let go from a job and they find something and it puts fire underneath them to get them going. And then they end up being better and unstoppable because they're so motivated to get back or do better than what they had prior. And that's the majority of my guests on here. Most of their businesses were from being fired or a let go, or they had a cut in their, the jobs They were cutting people left and right because of downsizing. And now they're successful um, and doing very well for themselves. Yeah, it makes a tremendous difference. Uh, In fact, uh, one of the individuals that we were working with, uh, making a very good salary in the mining industry, lost her job, went out and looked for another one and was able to double the salary. Tough job being a miner too. I would look for another job too. It's it's a lot of work. And I saw in your your bio as well, you're a trainer. Uh, What kind of trainer are you? Because I'm considered like a personal trainer, exercise physiologist. But uh, what kind of trainer are you and what kind of people do you work with uh, as a trainer? Well, possibly the same kind of people that you do, but in a whole different sense. I work with individuals from a perspective primarily of self-development, leadership, team building, communications, customer service, those kinds of areas within a business. But as a trainer, I also get involved with the head. Because I don't care where you're coming from, this is the one that makes the difference. How we look at ourselves, how we look at the rest of the world, how we think that we can fit in or not fit in. And sometimes not fitting in is pretty good because that allows us then to do things that are different than what everybody else would do. I mean, have a look. Everybody knows the name Richard Branson. Richard Branson had a grade 10. Duh. Richard Branson has 400 successful businesses. And Richard Branson has 11 that failed. Wow. 
I follow yeah. Richard Bronson actually on uh, LinkedIn and I'm ah. amazed at what he has. I even bought some stock in his two companies because I know he succeeds at whatever he does. And like you said, the very little failure compared to how many good businesses came out of it. And that's an amazing. Uh, I, I do look up to him a lot. I wish I had him as a coach when I was a kid. <laughs> it would have been great. And isn't it wonderful that he didn't let those businesses that failed stop him? He kept going. And you can, we can, I can, everybody can keep going. One foot in front of the other and make a difference. In fact, you know, you're talking there about businesses and the majority of multi-millionaires are individuals who have failed and lost everything at least once, at least once. Sometimes That's a scary road to take. That's really a scary road. Yeah. That's my, that's my fear is losing everything. That's why sometimes you hold back, you pull back. You're like, well, I'm not diving into that opportunity because you're like, not sure where it's going to go. What if? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. And being and, and a coach and trainer, what are the benefits of having a coach and a trainer? A very good question. The benefits are you don't reinvent your own wheels number one. And number two, you're able then to look at the things that are holding you back and being able to realize and discuss and find other ways of doing things. Because as an individual, I don't always see myself the way other people see me. Now, many, many years ago, I worked in the media and I had, of course, to go to a lot of functions. So I went to the hotel, I walked into the room, I went over and I got my drink and I looked around and went over and started chatting with a group. Now, that's fine. I was then over by myself and somebody came up to me, somebody I know that I cannot remember who, it was such a traumatic experience for me. They came up to me, was male and he was tall because he had to look down at me and I had to look up at him. And he said, Sherry, you're just a snob. And I went, huh. oh, like, whoa. And fortunately, I, I don't know where it came from, but I had the sense to ask him. I said, what did I do that makes you think that? And he looked at me, he said, well, you, you walk in the room, you go get a drink, and then you stand around and you look to see who's good enough to talk to. I thanked him. I walked out with tears in my eyes. I mean, I went home. I was done. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought he's exactly right. That's precisely what I do. Except the difference was I would look to see who would welcome me into their group. Because I'm a bit of an introvert. And consequently, I don't like going into a group that's going to say, no, you know, and we all get that, right? You go to a group and they just turn their body just a little bit, and you know, oh, oh, I'm not supposed to be here. And so that taught me at a very young age that I go, I take a deep breath, I walk into the room, I go get my drink. And now I walk up to the first person who's by themselves and I stick out my hand and I say, hi, I'm so-and-so. What brings you here today? Absolutely. I'm the same way. I have a hard time going into groups. A little social anxiety when I was younger, and now I'm, I'm really good now, as you can see. I speak to everybody, but yeah, that's a challenge. Networking in person is not as easy as online. <laughs> well, the people that you're networking with online are generally there because 
they want to be with you or you want to be with them. Mm -hmm. When you're networking in person, it's not necessarily a case of I want to be with you. Exactly. That's absolutely true. And the, and the icebreaker part is the hardest part. I've always heard that you should compliment someone when you first go up to them just to break the ice and to also just get a conversation started. Then it's not business oriented. It's just like, hey, you, uh, your name is Sally. Oh, you have an awesome shirt there. And then something like that. And I'm like, oh, thank you. And then start talking, even if it's a little joke or something. It's just something to get the conversation going. Very true. Very true. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the nerves take over and you do say the wrong thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It, that, that's definitely true. Spill the drink out of it. It's all over. <laughs> definitely. Oh. I do I want to ask you, what is the most common problem in business uh, you see owners deal with or the issues that you help them resolve? Like, What is the biggest problem in business that you think business owners deal with that you had to help them with the most? Usually it's finance and finance often comes because we have this wonderful idea and we jump in and we haven't planned. You know, I think it was Dale Carnegie that said one hour of planning saves you 10 hours of effort. Plan your business. Let's get all the foundation laid. And a lot of the people that I'm working with now, they jumped into business, they did not lay the foundation, and now they're going backwards because financing is a problem, staffing is a problem, you know, all the things that you can think of, plus COVID, right? Put it all together and it's a firestorm. And so working with them to get all the systems in place one at a time while they're still running their business. That's the big challenge, right? Because we're working on one thing at a time, but there's also 77 other things that they have to do because they are running the business. Try to get those things organized before you go into business and then do that from there. And from a financial perspective, one of the things that I say to people and they go, really? Yeah, one of the best things for you to do is never put your bank account for your business where you want your bank account for your personal life. Hmm. Interesting, because most people just go, well, I've got my account here. They know me. I'm just going to get started. Uh -uh. Don't do that. Because even though it's not appropriate, it's not ethical, etc., there are times when a bank will subvert funds from one place to the other to cover what is needed. I got it. So you should have separate bank accounts or separate banks? Separate banks. Oh, okay. That's good. To know. Yeah, I, I actually do that. I have one bank. It's a credit union for just my business. They gave me a really good checking account when I first started and a good rate. Okay. And then my other credit union is for all my personal bills. I did that inadvertently, kind of, just because I felt like they had a better business system at one bank than they did another wow. bank. And I Smart man. That. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. You did exactly the right thing. Exactly. Very good. And that's perfect that you mentioned that because most people are thinking right now, oh, bad. I have my business account tied to my personal account. I'm in trouble. Mm. <laughs> you. <laughs> Wrong thing to do. <laughs> and the one question I do want to ask, and it's really important for all the people listening, what is your definition of total wellness if you wrote it in your own words? This is going to possibly sound a little bit strange, but from my perspective, total wellness comes from having the mindset that says I can handle whatever comes my way. 
So that's dealing with my spiritual self, that's dealing with my physical self, it's dealing with my family, it's dealing with my business, it, it deals with everything in my mind, because this is the thing that can make us or break us. It can shoot us forward, or it can pull us back and go, no, 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 you're not good enough to do that. And when we have this that's blocking us, then we, you know, we can't lose weight. We can't stop drinking. We can't not go for a walk. You know, all of those things become too horrendous for us to do because our mind will allow us to set the pattern that says you can't do it. And I hope that all of your listeners believe in the words I can and not the words I can't. Absolutely. Positivity is definitely the secret. And I love, I love that you said that because no one has ever said that in that way before. And that is a great way of thinking about it, not being stopped by a certain reason. Like I always say, flow like water, try to figure a way around it. Yeah. And you always will get to your destination eventually, even for something in your way. Yeah. But when we come back, we'll learn more about Sherry Knight's business and her book. Are you looking to get in shape, eat better, and improve your lifestyle? Body Express Wellness Solutions will give you the results you're looking for. Contact us for your free custom wellness consultation. Check us out online at Facebook, Instagram, and our website at BodyExpressWS. We're elevating lifestyles and sculpting bodies of all ages. We're back here with Sherry Knight talking about her business. What kind of services does your business offer, Sherry? Well, all the kinds of business services that deal with people. If you need help with your computer, do not call me because you will be sorry. All <laughs> awesome. technology, no, 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 no. But from a people perspective, you know, we work with companies in terms of recruitment, hire the right person for the right position, i.e. the right seat on the bus, make sure the bus is going the right direction. You know, all of those kinds of things are important. So right from the recruitment aspect, all the way up to, gee, we're going to close the business down. We need to help people find new positions, et cetera. Let's do that. And in between, it's that executive coaching. And, and sometimes we don't just deal with the executive. Sometimes it's coaching with individuals who are at lower levels within an organization. Sometimes it's coaching with the person who owns the company. So it depends on the needs of the organization. But then we get into this whole organizational element. How do we set up the systems that we need so we can be successful? And let me tell you, as a business owner myself, one of the biggest challenges I have and others have is communication. It's in our head and we don't always spit it out the same way. And so if you want your people to be productive, you need to be able to communicate exactly what it is you want them to do. So my belief in terms of business is people, performance and profits, because if you don't have the right people on the right bus, going the right way, et cetera, and you don't have them performing properly and yourself, I've had to sit down with business owners and say, you know, what you're doing isn't helping your business. Not an easy conversation, but a necessary one so that they can change the way they're doing some things to be able to match the expectations they have. Because let's face it, if you don't have profits in your business, guess what? You don't have a business. And if we don't have a business, then, you know, I have the same problem everybody else does. I like to eat. And <laughs> It helps to have money to buy groceries, you know, so it's, it's all of that element about 
making sure that you're conscious about what needs to be done. And that other area that I was telling you about before the training, training is a really valuable tool. Here's the thing, though. Many, many employers, many, many business people, they will send their staff to training. You need to go too. You need to understand what it is your staff is learning, number one. And number two, if you want your staff to learn something there and do something different back at the shop, how are you going to know what it is if you're not there with them? I know at one time I set up a human resource department for a, a large company. And in terms of doing that, one of the things that we said to people who'd come and say, I want to take this training course. Perfect. Let's help you do that. And when you come back, you will be giving a 10 to 15 minute presentation to the rest of your department so that they can help learn what you learned. The key points in 10 to 15 minutes. And I actually had people say, I refuse to do that. Whoa. Not a problem. You're not taking the training. Wow. No, we're not putting money out for you to have a good time. We're putting money out for you to come back and help the rest of us be better than we already are. Absolutely. Yeah, that's something I didn't think of. I love going to training courses. And I love educating and teaching. I do a lot of that, what I, what I do for a living, as well as in other businesses I've worked for. I was that person going to the training, coming back and educating and certifying uh, the business. And uh, I don't know why they wouldn't want to do that, but I love it. Mm -hmm. But I saw that you are a facilitator. And as a facilitator, what is that, what is that different from a trainer or a coach? How does that work? Well, it's interesting. A facilitator is simply there to bring everybody together and be able to listen. That's a big thing for a facilitator. Listen to what it is that the organization and the group are trying to accomplish and then have them help in terms of creating that path for the organization to get there. So as opposed to training where you go in and you go, okay, folks, <laughs> you know, here's the lay of the land, one, two, three whole different ballgame. Different from coaching in the sense that with coaching, you yes, you're listening and you're providing ways for people to go about and do things. Mentoring, you're asking questions. You're not necessarily giving direction. So all those things have a similarity, but facilitation is strictly there to help individuals and organizations come up with a, a plan or a, a path, et cetera, to get where they want to get to with things that are feasible for them. The odd time stepping in and asking a question or giving a little bit of thought-provoking elements so they can come back with their own. Oh, I didn't understand that. That's great. Yeah, I didn't realize the difference of them. I'm glad you were able to clear that up. And you have a lot of backgrounds and a lot of titles. It's amazing how many, how many different titles and businesses you worked with. I know they've really appreciated your services. And now the book, the book called Unstoppable. I love that title. And I love how you are using that as your business. How do we find that? And give us a little brief overview of that book. And so our listeners out there can purchase that. Excellent. I appreciate you asking. Uh, number one, it's on amazon.com and amazon.ca. So you can purchase it from there. It is not only a book, but also a bit of a workbook because there's questions in it. It has this nice binding so that you can actually flip it over and write on it easily without having to hold it open at the time. So the concept came from a study that I did between American and Canadian women. 
It's not scientific. There's not a big enough uh, study uh, group, et cetera. But what it was, was what makes you feel successful? What's success to you? And based on that, I talked to grandmothers and I talked to business owners and I talked to employees. I talked to young people. I talked to old people. It was really very interesting in terms of the stories that they brought together. And so not only is it a bit of a, a training book, but it's also a, a storybook from the perspective of what these people have been through and how they put it together for themselves and what they saw and continue to see as what makes a success for us. So it was fun. It was a really enjoyable thing. The challenge took me seven years to write it. Duh. Seven years. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to start a book right now too. It's taking me seven years to think about it. <laughs> and then to actually get it on paper. Like you have to be unstoppable. I have to really want to do it and really get it out there. And uh, but that's amazing though, that you, you got accomplished and it's out there. So that's a positive side of uh, what you needed to. And when did the book come out? What year? 2009. 2009. Okay, great. You know, it's, it's been out for quite a while, but I still have people going, oh, I want your book. Yes, give me your book. <laughs> That's perfect. And it has longevity and it's been on Amazon for quite a while. And for people listening out there, I love the fact it's a workbook because then you can physically dive into it and be more, it's more about yourself and the person and then they get involved more in what you're writing. And it's a coaching style book. It sounds like it's, you're really yes. getting in there and using those lessons to really make yourself better and your business better. Is there anything uh -huh. else I forgot to include for our listeners out there that you want to mention? A couple of things are coming up, if I can share that with the listeners. Sure. You bet. I've got uh, one, uh, Unstoppable Mindset is a training program. Uh, it is on November the 17th. It's a couple of hours in terms of uh, CST times, 8 o'clock in the morning, trying to catch people perhaps on their way to work or before they start their day, etc. And so that one's on walking away with more information about mindset. And then I also have a mastermind group for business owners, business leaders. That group is for uh, starts on the 25th of November. I had to stop and think about that one. And that one is 90 minutes uh, each week for four weeks. It's going to be a very short mastermind to give people an idea of what a mastermind can actually do to enhance your business. So those two things are coming up. That's awesome. For people listening out there, try to attend those uh, groups and definitely we'll have those inf that information in the bio of the podcast as well right. for people to access that information. But it's been awesome having you on the show, Sherry. And I greatly appreciate all your background and your information, but I hope you have a great fit there. Oh, wonderful. I appreciate that. And you as well. Thank you very much. The Body Express Wellness Solution tip is when you're traveling in your RV, your truck, or even in a hotel room and it doesn't have a gym, you could use elastic band training. Elastic band training is great because it's variable resistance, meaning it goes from a lightweight to a much heavier weight. Say, for instance, you have a 10-pound band and then you stretch it, it goes to like 20 pounds, 30 pounds, 40 pounds, and then 50 pounds at the max length. Right here, this band is really simple that I got from a basic store. You can get anything online nowadays. But this is a two-person band where you can have one person hold on this side, the other person hold on the other side, and do rows, chest presses, all different types. What I like to have in my suitcase or anywhere is these type of elastic bands. They clip on to each other. They have 
separate handles. You can just clip them on and you're ready to go. This is actually close to almost 30 pounds of resistance. This is actually about 20 pounds of resistance. And what I do with these bands, I'm gonna show you two basic exercises you can do. You're gonna put it onto your foot. You're gonna hold onto the band. You can use two feet if you want to make it a little bit harder. Shimmy down a little bit just so that the band is nice and straight. Breathe in and then pull back. You can have your palms facing in, palms facing up, or palms facing down and squeeze. You breathe in and out. Let's do five. And one, two, three. I like the twist at the end. Four, five. Normally you do about 10 to 15 repetitions, but right now we're just doing five to show you the routine. Next, I'm gonna do bicep curls right into from back to biceps. Breathe in and out and squeeze those biceps. Let's do five. And one, two, three, four, and five. The last one you can do is a combination where you do back row, bicep curl, back row. Variable resistance is the best way to work out when you're in a small area, but even the most talented super athletes like Olympians use variable resistance. But that is the Body Express Wall Solution tip and take these in your briefcase or your bag or your carry-on or in your RV or truck. Make sure next time when you say you can't work out, think about elastic bands.